New York Artists Collective. Hi there and welcome to the New York Artists Collective podcast. This next one's about. This is the podcast where we interview an artist to discuss the creative songwriting process behind one of their songs. I am your host, Stephanie Manns, singer-songwriter and one of the New York Artists Collective producers. Today's guest is singer-songwriter Carly Naff from Carly and the Dark, here to talk about her latest single, The Acrobat. Carly Naff, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It is a pleasure to chat to you. We've been meaning to do this for some months now. I think we met early spring, perhaps in March of this year. We both performed a So Far show in New York. Yes. And I was so enthralled by your performance, as was everyone else there. Oh, thank you. And I've been, you know, dying to get you to do one of the New York Arts Collective uh, shows as well as a podcast. So here it is. It's finally happening. <laughs> Carly Nav, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. So you've been very busy. I keep seeing lots of things on the old social media. And I know that you've just returned from a So Far tour on the West Coast. Yes. Yeah. Been packing in some shows here over the summer. Yeah. You know how it is. You always feel a little bit less busy than you seem on social media but yeah I've had some good stuff going on (laughs) uh yes the the old social media trick of looking extremely busy yeah exactly but to be fair it does look like you have been busy I thought you said you spent what a month on the road yeah so I was gone for five weeks in total playing maybe just like two shows a week and then that last week home I was just hanging out with my family in Arizona. So yeah, made a made a good old trip of it. Homecoming trip. Had a nice homecoming show in Phoenix. So you're from Phoenix, Arizona? Yes, from Phoenix. Born and raised. And I've been in New York for five years, but I've just been doing music for about two, two and a half. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, would you consider yourself a New Yorker now? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. You know, you're a New Yorker when you go to other cities and you're just like, oh, <laughs> Everything's so slow here. Why can't I get seamless at like midnight? Exactly. I'm like, why yeah. is everything closing at 7 p.m.? <laughs> Where do I eat? <laughs> Where's my late night vegan food? No, I hear that pain. Yeah. But yeah, there's certain things that are just so specific to, to New York yeah, in yeah. general. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And every time I come back to New York after having been home in Arizona or really anywhere on the west side of this country, I just get back and I'm like, oh, wow, my apartment really is so small. <laughs> <laughs> Really can't really even turn in a circle in here. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So, so New York. And when people say to you, oh, you know, how much does your apartment like cost per oh. month? And you're like, oh, it's this much. And they're like, what? Oh, my God. I could get a house for that yes. in like Illinois. Yes. It happens to me every time <laughs> that people's jaw drops and I just feel worse and worse. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, don't react that way. That makes me want to move. <laughs> mm. But no, I love it. Love New York. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great time. And it's a great place to be a musician. Yes, absolutely. I think that's the main thing about it is just like, you're never alone here. You know, everyone kind of gets what you're doing here. You don't ever have to feel like in the US being an artist is such a like a weird thing to do. A lot of times when I talk to people, tell me if you get this. People are like, wow, you're so brave. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'm like, oh, it doesn't feel that way. <laughs> like, this is just what I'm called to do in this lifetime, you know. But in New York, it's so cool. Like, no, it's not it's not really an oddity here. There's such a large portion of the population doing the same thing. So you never feel like the odd man out. True. I think I see what they're saying, I think, in the sense of New York, it's it's very hard to do anything creative because it costs so much to, to damn well live here. Yeah, yeah. And also, I think, you know, in, in different countries, you know, Canada is a great example where they are really supportive of the arts right. and they have funding for it and everything else. And here, but just, you know, there's so many people. I don't know. If, in fact, I don't know the comparison in terms of populations, but it doesn't happen in America. Right. 
so yeah I think it it does seem sort of so much braver to kind of go out there without any any support you know it's it's it is a tough deal. We, we we talk about it on the podcast quite a lot, you know, how, how tough it is to be an independent artist these days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in fact, arts like funding for arts is only being cut right and left and maybe, you know, mm-hmm. making more room for like technology classes and stuff like that in schools. And it is kind of like yeah. a little hero's journey. There's not a ton of people. Yeah. I've heard recently that they're going to start to create artificially intelligent music or you know, <gasps> AI is going to sort of pick up on what's out there and it's going to create something I, th- I think it will be terrible quite honestly <laughs> I, I don't think it could be very good but you know as AI progresses who knows yeah that's so interesting but it'll put us out of a job that we barely have anyway oh wow well because I talk I think a lot about how pop music that's on the radio you know just speaking about that one very specific sound that you hear a lot Mm-hmm. on top 40 there's definitely an equation to it you know the format is quite similar the structure yep. the chord progressions even some of the melodies have you heard about that phenomena called the millennial whoop no i saw this video pop up once that was like this phenomenon called the millennial whoop and it's like the same melody that appears in like all these very very popular songs I wish I could remember what they are now. I'm sure it'll pop into my mind halfway through this, but, but yeah, I think I've, I've seen a video where they like sort of, you know, blend together a whole bunch of different Mm -hmm. songs. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like the, you know, the formula to success. Right. What they've definitely tapped into is that people don't necessarily know what they like, but they like what they know. Yeah. When that sort of cycle keeps perpetuating, then we get something that sounds very, very similar. Yes. Continually. Yes, I agree. I agree. Anyway, to digress. And so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see if robots can do it. Now we'll move on. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about your song, which is not like that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, your song. It's beautiful. Oh, like it's really, really lovely. I, I opened that up and I was like, oh, this is my jam. This is totally oh, my jam. Yes. Thank you so much. So it's called The Acrobat. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. So I wrote The Acrobat uh, a couple of years ago now, I think. It was one of the first few songs I'd ever written. Songwriting was a pretty new journey for me. I was an actor or I mean, not a working actor, but I was auditioning to be an actor before that. And I hadn't ever really written songs. I had a lot of like self criticism surrounding that. And so when I finally sort of broke through that and allowed myself to start creating songs, this was the first one. And this is the best experience. This was the first time that I experienced a full song just coming to you in like 20 minutes. I was like mm. in the shower and I like started this one part of the melody. I think I was singing like. Da, 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 da. And I was like trying to fit some lyrics over it. And then all of a sudden, like the whole verse came and I had to like hop out of the shower and go <laughs> record a voice note and like start trying to figure out what chords I wanted to go underneath. And yeah, so it was maybe like the fifth, like fourth or fifth song I've written. And it was the first one that tumbled out. And I, it's one of my favorites, I think. So I find that when they're dying to get out, then they end up usually being quite organic and, and mm. quite good. <laughs> That's kind of the dream in terms of songwriting when it just mm-hmm. like the 20 minute song. Yes. It's fantastic. I think uh, Elizabeth Gilbert wrote a book called Big Magic, which I I refer to quite a bit. Have you read that? I haven't read it, but I've had it quoted to me a lot and I've been meaning to read it. Ah, well, she talks about um, creativity sometimes coming through you and you've somehow, Mm -hmm. it's like you've got to catch it before it leaves you. And what you kind of described there was, you know, sort of you having to catch it before it leaves you. Yes, I totally agree. I actually read another book called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Have you read that one? No, I haven't. It's a really good one. If you're struggling with 
writer's block or if you're like stuck and or you feel like you're not being being as good at self-motivating or like getting these projects finished they talk a lot about resistance that feeling when you like don't want to get out of bed and do the thing that you know is going to make you feel really good you know Mm -hmm. and he talks about how he happens to believe in this idea of muses like these little muses or be it creativity that come and you know whisper this brilliant idea in your ear Mm -hmm. and if you're not listening or if you're not exercising that muscle that sort of tunes your ear to to be ready to receive it, then they're going to move on to someone else. You know, if the that's exactly comes what she in... says as well. That's great. Yeah. So mm. cool. He, I think he gives an example of like, you know, if the muse comes and whispers in Prince's ear, but he's asleep or he's, you know, drunk or whatever the case, then they're going to move on <laughs> to Michael Jackson and he's going to, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he'll get the big hit. No, that's a very, very similar story. That's interesting. Cool. Yeah. I, I love that. Well, tell me, I mean, so, so lyrically, what does the acrobat mean to you? A, a lot of my songs especially these first few tended to be very autobiographical. You know, I've found my strengths in telling stories and just sort of including details that were personal to me or describing things in the way that I felt them, which uh, inadvertently make them poetic because you sort of try to describe this very ambiguous sensation. But I was playing in a band at the time. Uh, I was in a little two-piece folk duo and the man who was the second part of that band and the guitar player and I just had like a complicated relationship yeah I I was writing to just sort of express that inner turmoil of like not knowing if you're friends or lovers or Mm, awkward yeah 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 (laughs) yeah Mm, okay not a not exactly a love song not exactly a heartbreak song but kind of in between when you're really feeling that that pain of not knowing which way it's gonna go that's that's a really awful place to be. Somebody. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's not fun. Not a, not a fan of that gray area. It's not fun. Yeah, it's just it'll keep you up at nights for sure. Yeah. And also, I noticed that you actually mentioned um, like lyrically, you have a lyric about a, a muse in it. Is that was that something that came mm. from um, that gentleman, Stephen? Somebody I forget whose name. Stephen Pressfield. Name? Thank you. No, it wasn't actually. Uh, I was. I think I was referring more so to like we had this connection through the music this person and I and it was sort of like I don't know there there was always this question of like oh is do we have to sacrifice one thing for the other you know very Mm -hmm. Fleetwood Mac (laughs) right um tell you what Carly let's play your song let's play the acrobat yeah great
that was the acrobat and i got mm. a real like your voice gives me a real kind of like sarah borelli's kind of vibes oh thank you um it's it's really beautiful like it's just sort of vocal honey it's lovely um there were some sort of different influences there like it felt sort of americana like there was a little bit of country in there there was like a bit of a slide guitar there was some Rhodes piano on that and like but it also had mm-hmm. a bit of a jazzy feel to it oh cool where did you get the jazzy feel, I think, was just more, I think, just from the Sarah Borelli's kind of association that I have. And she's yeah. not super jazzy, but there's like an influence. Mm. No, yeah, her vocals are definitely that like velvety kind of mm-hmm. crooner. I love Sarah Borelli's as a figure and as a human and as a musician. I just mm. think she's amazing. But I don't always keep up with her her stuff. I don't always listen to like all the new, you know, I know yeah. all the hits and I've done a little bit of a deep dive on some of the older albums, but... 
Well, if I may recommend her most recent album, it's wonderful. T-Bone Burnett produced it. I found out recently because I'm, I'm just such a music documentary nerd. So Clive Davis actually signed T-Bone Burnett and he was in some random band that never actually picked up. It was one of the few bands that Clive Davis signed that never went anywhere. Oh. T-Bone Burnett was such a footnote in this documentary, but he's now so well known for being a producer in like the Americana country field. Oh, okay. I digress. Anyway, back to you. Yeah, in regards to the the song... That's what's so cool about collaborating with other musicians. And this was one of my first times experiencing that being pretty new to the songwriting world. I wrote the song on acoustic guitar. It had that very sort of Americana slash country folk Mm -hmm. swing to it. And then my good friend who produced it, he lives in Chicago. His name's David Hagen. He's an amazing musician. He plays almost every instrument on the record. So he added that beautiful slide guitar and gave it this lovely sort of melancholy dissonance in certain areas and then he had a friend of his who lives in the UK I believe oh I'll have to give his name to you but I don't remember he he remotely recorded the Rhodes piano and just totally changed the vibe into this really cool anthemic Mm -hmm. kind of sprawling thing and uh yeah and David my producer is the one who added that very long outro kind of jam session where you know, the organ and the whirlies mm-hmm. just sort of like rev up and we have this sort of, yeah, I like to think of it as that moment of when I'm playing shows, especially and we go into that outro part, it's kind of a nice moment of like just reveling in the angst, you know, mm-hmm. just like letting it rip. You're confused. There's no sense of closure at the end. It's just left in limbo and we're just going to rock it anyway and say, fuck it, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, that's great. So um, you were saying earlier that you are, would you say you're a former actor now? I guess so. I I wouldn't say that because I never booked any gigs in New York. (laughs) I hear what you're saying, but I don't think you necessarily have to have been a working actor to have been an actor, if that makes sense. You definitely studied it. If I, I don't know, if I'd never recorded a song, it wouldn't make me less of a songwriter. Sure, sure. So we'll go with you're an actor. Former actor, Carly Naff. (laughs) Former actor, Carly Naff. Musical theater major. Mm Mm-hmm. And now you've been in New York for five years. Yeah. And now you are with a Brooklyn indie label. Yeah. That's incredibly exciting. Congra- yeah. Congratulations. Thank you so much. It's been a cool journey. A lot of twists and turns. So when, when did that all happen? Was that this year? Yes, very recent. Still working together. We're still producing some new singles. Um, but it also came through the magical, beautiful network that is So Far Sounds, um, which is where I met you as well. Yeah, it's, oh, it's the great connector here, I want to say, mm-hmm. for the independent you know, singer-songwriter scene. But I played a show in the village, and it happened to be one that I picked up last minute. Someone canceled, and it was one of the tape shows, so I got a really awesome video out of it um, that's online on YouTube. And the gentleman doing the sound mixing for that show is a friend by the name of Jake Cheriff met him that night and we got in touch about um, recording together because he heads a little indie label out of his apartment in Bushwick. And yeah, he's, he runs Paper Moon Records and it's just like a growing indie label with a few really awesome local New York bands who are kind of doing the same thing we're doing, just getting started and trying to make a network and do the indie thing, you know? He's just awesome. Super talented musician, vocalist, producer. We just vibe on a lot of all the same bands. We talked a lot about Big Thief, which is one of my biggest mm-hmm. inspirations. Mm-hmm. And and he's um, a big fan of theirs as well. And had actually, this is what sold me when we first started chatting, 
is that he had months previous sent an email to the man who produced Big Thief's debut record masterpiece mm-hmm. and asked him just like for all his secrets basically and the okay. guy wrote him back and was like yeah sweet this is the condenser I used this was the delay I used like this was the such and such I did on this song I did a little too much of this but like use the you know what I mean just kind of gave him his bag of tricks from that record and so yeah, yeah. He, I just thought that was awesome. So the power of asking sometimes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited about that. It'll be cool to release music in more of a collaborative way. And, um, I think, you know, he'll be able to help me out a little bit more on the PR side, which is kind of the tough thing about being an independent musician with, you know, not much following to speak of for now. Would you say that's the most challenging part of being an indie musician? I think the most challenging part is this balance that you have to strike between doing it just for the love of doing it and for the creation and for the art and, you know, appreciating the fact that you're not on the radar yet. So you kind of have this freedom to do whatever you want. And the other side of that coin, which is that you're on social media, so actually everyone can see you and you want everyone to believe in you and feel like you know what you're doing. So you have to kind of make this push to put your music in front of people and also sort of dress it up in a way that you seem like you're running in the same race with all the people who have already got a lot of money behind their projects and you don't, you know? So it's, yeah, it's a tough balance. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. Yep. And what we were saying earlier about, you know, the social media and what we present to the world, um, the sort of magic behind it or the man behind the curtain, if you will. But right. Yeah. Well, Carly, I th- oddly enough, I think we've chatted for quite some time. Wow, um, we did it. <laughs> I think we have. That went by um, so fast. It has been so wonderful chatting with you. But before uh, we wrap up, um, last question for you. What is the most played song on your iPad, iPod right now? Ooh, uh, what is the most played song on my phone right now? Mm, there's a couple. Okay. So more recently, just through the magic of spotify's algorithm once again i discovered this cover the band is called department of eagles and i haven't looked into this but i'm pretty sure it's an older project of the lead singer of grizzly bear and he does a cover of too little too late by jojo oh wow it's so good (laughs) it's like yeah it starts out with this amazing like ethereal choral arrangement and then I had no idea it was a cover till halfway through because it's just this really really cool cool Mm -hmm. version so that's what I've been listening to on repeat recently um before that I'd been playing from start to finish the entire album called The Party by Andy Schaff who is a Canadian uh indie singer-songwriter and the album is just amazing so highly recommend that Awesome. Well, Kylie, we will probably ask you to do um, your own Spotify playlist if you would like to. Ooh, yeah, I'd love to. Cool. So, Kylie, you will be playing with uh, or as part of the New York Artists Collective November 23rd alongside Jess McAvoy and Thompson Newkirk um, at Rockwood Music Hall Stage 3 at 6 o'clock. Can't tell you how excited I am. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how you guys um, connect uh, in the round and what you might go on to do with each other later. Because often that, that kind of happens. It's quite a nice little thing that we have. Yes, it is. Thank you so much. I can't wait for the show. I'm so grateful to you guys for having me and I'm excited to expand my network even more with the Artist Collective. I looked at your website and it just seems like a beautiful, beautiful community. So 
Oh, thank you. Well, we're delighted to have you as part of it. So, uh, oh, and one final thing. So Kylie Naff, or formerly known as Kylie Naff, and you will now and forevermore be known as Carly in the Dark. That's right. That's right. These next few songs I'll be releasing with Paper Moon. Um, we're going to go to the band name, which is Carly and the Dark. That's all my social media handles, but music on Spotify will now diverge into the new band name. So I'm excited for that. And thank you for the exclusive. The NYAC is very grateful. Yay! <laughs> Carly and the Dark slash Carly Naff, thank you so much. And we will awesome. see you soon. Awesome. Thanks, Stephanie. The wonderful Carly Naff there talking about her song, The Acrobat, which is available everywhere right now. If you want to catch Carly live, you can see her perform with the New York Artists Collective alongside Jess McAvoy and Thompson Newkirk, November 23rd at Rockwood Music Hall Stage 3. Tickets for that show are in the details for this episode. I hope you can make it along. If you are enjoying our podcast series, why not go ahead and give us a like or share? And of course, you can like us online. We are at New York Artists Collective on the old Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Stephanie Manns. We'll see you next time. New York Artists Collective.